Welcome back to A View from the Couch. My name is Rich. And I'm Jen. And today, because it is so close to Christmas Day, we have a gift for you. Our gift to you is... A lovely Christmas movie. A lovely Christmas movie. It's about hope and believing in Santa. And family being together. Family smashing guys' heads in with a hammer, blowing shit up, stealing money, murdering people... It's like Die Hard. And barfing on people. That was disgusting. That was disgusting. We are talking, of course, about Violent Night, which is everything that I just described. It is. It is a Christmas movie, with his, which is all about joy, family, believing in Santa, smashing people's heads in, and barfing on people. This is a movie that kind of flew under the radar for me at first, right? Like, I didn't know what to make of this, and... So this movie came out last year, right before Christmas, I think it was, in 22. And I really wanted to see this because I kind of like David Harbour. I, yeah. I'm a big David Harbour fan. Started with Stranger Things, but I've seen him in, in some other stuff. And I kind of just want to root for him. You know, I think he seems like a good actor, but not in a lot of stuff. So I just yeah. wanted to go check it out. Yeah. I don't I don't dispute that he's a good actor. I think he's teetering on the edge for me of like the the super fan like pushing him into the limelight thing mm -hmm. and like earning what he's you know, earning his, his mm -hmm. keep basically, is that if that makes any sense. Like I feel like there are some people like Jason Momoa that like a lot of people got all goo goo eyed over and that's how he ended up being Aquaman. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. he didn't yeah. earn Aquaman. I mean, dude was, I mean, it, it, like, he was in Game of Thrones. That was it. Like, yeah. he barely talked in that. Yeah. You know? To be fair, David Harbour was in Black Widow. And I do not think his, I enjoyed it still, but I don't think his acting was super great in that movie. So, I you know, I, I, don't know. I, I don't consider him a bad actor. I'm just saying that, like, there is a point for me where, like, the fans become convinced that someone's a good actor because they just like that person. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't make them a good actor. I do think that he is a good actor. But I think, like like I said, he's kind of teetering on that edge for me sure. because, like, how good of an actor is he and how much of this is, like, fan service? Sure. You know? Mm -hmm. To have Jason Momoa in, a, in an Aquaman movie is fan service. Period. That's it. Like, there's no reason to have that dude play Aquaman. He doesn't look like Aquaman at yeah. all. You know? I have no problem, like, casting someone of Hawaiian descent for Aquaman, but Aquaman is not a giant buff dude. Mm -hmm. You know? Aquaman is like a slight, sleek swimmer-looking guy, right? He looks like a swimmer. He looks more like a Michael Phelps mm -hmm. than Jason Momoa. But, fan service, Jason Momoa, right? Sure. So, that's, that's where, like, for me... Like, that's when I start to tune out on an actor, mm -hmm. when it becomes like, oh, it's Jason Momoa, I have to go and see it. Why? Is it because he's a good actor, or is it because you just like his muscles? And you think that that makes him a good actor, you know? Yeah. So David Harbour is not there for me yet, but he's he got close for a little while there, because there are a whole bunch of Stranger Things fans that were like, he's the greatest actor in the history of mankind, and I'm like, nope. No, he's not. He's good. I, I feel like you're taking it out on the actor because of the way that other people are behaving. <laughs> uh, no, well, no, I'm not taking it out on the actor because I don't have any animosity towards Jason Momoa. It's yeah. just that I will not participate in that fan service. Sure. 
in that sure. way. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's where it comes from for me is like, I'm not going to, it's like, okay, maybe I'm being a, a, a I don't know, a nonconformist or conforming nonconformist. I don't know what the hell you call it, but like, I'm not jumping on the bandwagon. I don't jump on the bandwagon with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I definitely no. don't. I definitely don't. I'm not a star fucker. Okay. I don't care if someone's a star. I don't care if they're in, in, in films. They're just people, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of us tend to, a lot of people tend to get goo-goo eyes over actors. Sure. And they get particularly attached to them because they like a certain show, in this case, Stranger Things, you know. But I think what what I'm going, what I wanted to get, what I wanted to get to here was that I think that David Harbour has escaped that fan service pigeonholing in a way, you know? Okay. Anyhow, that's my, that's my manifesto, and I'm sticking to it. All right. <laughs> Bottom line, we have seen this movie. We have seen this movie. Yes, you're right. We have seen this movie. Why don't you tell us who else is in this movie, and maybe who directed it, wrote it, that kind of stuff. Give us our cast and crew, Jennifer, if you please. All right. So this was directed by Tommy Workola. This was written by Pat Casey and Josh Miller. This stars David Harbour as Sancta. John Leguizamo as Scrooge, Beverly D'Angelo as Gertrude, another Christmas movie for her. Yeah. Alex Hassel as Jason, Alexis Lauder as Linda, and Leah Brady as Trudy. So, Beverly D'Angelo is Christmas movie royalty. She was Mm -hmm. in Christmas Vacation. That's my favorite Christmas movie of all time. That is not Die Hard. So, like, my favorite traditional Christmas movie, let's call it, right? Because, like, there's non-traditional, like, Die Hard, which is my favorite non-traditional Christmas movie. And so she will always have a special place in my heart uh, for this. Because, I mean, for that, for the, the, she's got great comedy timing. And she actually, she shows it off quite well here, too. She's got some great lines in this. And she reminds me of uh, Lucille in Arrested Development, the mom in Arrested Development, okay. a little bit. Okay. Not a ton, but just enough, like, you know. Sure. So. I did not put two and two together that that's who it was. Oh, really? Until my second viewing, and uh-huh. probably three-fourths of the way through the second viewing, uh-huh. and I'm like, oh, wait, I think that's that lady. <laughs> Ellen <laughs> so. Griswold. Yeah. yeah. Did you Do you like any of the other vacation movies? Are you a vacation movie fan? We watch Christmas Vacation every year, so You're I know right that one. Yeah. The other ones, I have vague snippets <gasps> of no kidding. little things in there, and really? I know I've seen them, but I don't remember hating them, so mm. I'm sure I enjoyed them, but probably didn't like love them mm. type of I, thing. I absolutely love the original Vacation and European Vacation, because as a teenager in the 80s, they had boobs in them. <laughs> You were a boob guy, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, were, but still, I don't let's be honest. But, uh, yeah, no, that was my, <laughs> yeah. So that was my, it was like Beverly D'Angelo and the German girl that Rusty makes out with in European Vacation were like kind of part of my sexual awakening. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Beverly D'Angelo. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is taking a weird turn. I wasn't expecting it hey, just to go. <laughs> you know what? I just want to be honest. I'm an honest guy. <laughs> so, All right, then. Shall we talk about the movie itself? Yeah, let's talk about that. Enough enough of Beverly D'Angelo's boobs. Let's move on to the movie. <laughs> so we start the movie in Bristol, England on Christmas Eve. And a guy dressed up as Santa is in a local pub drinking. And he 
starts talking to the bartender and the and another guy there who's kind of half dressed as Santa, who kind of prod him and he's he starts talking like he might actually be the real Santa. He's like, well, I got to go get back to delivering presents, and they're like, oh, ha ha, right, ha ha, sure, yeah. right, whatever, buddy. I don't remember why I got into this in the first place. <laughs> right, right, yeah. We kind of get this idea that maybe he soured on it a little bit. Yeah. What I like about this is that it kind of makes you think that this is like the next evolution of the Santa Claus, Mm -hmm. that Tim Allen movie. Yeah. Where like if Santa dies and you put the coat on, you're Santa, right? Yeah. So like, because eventually we're going to find out that this guy, this Santa Claus, was actually like a Viking. Yeah. Who like got into it. Mm -hmm. Like that he became Santa. Like, it didn't ever really tell us how he became Santa, right? No, Just but about he his had like a pre, life. Yeah, 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 he had like a pre-Santa life, right? Yeah. And uh, so it makes me think of the Santa Claus, and I'm like, holy shit, is this, is this the next, is this like Santa Claus 4? <laughs> Could be. I mean, I'm, I'm here for it if it is, because that is a great way to reimagine the Santa Claus. <laughs> so, But he, he says, okay, I gotta go. He takes one last swig of his beer, and he walks up the stairs to the roof. The bartender chases him and sees that he's flying away in a sleigh with a bunch of reindeer, which confirms that he is really the Santa Claus that we all know and love. And then as he's flying over her and she's looking up in wonder, he pukes in her face. That's disgusting. (laughs) He's got great aim. Uh, He had to have done that on purpose, right? I mean, there's like the the Uh, fact that I don't think he really (laughs) did on purpose, but I mean... There's so many other places that it could have landed, and that's right. right where it lands. Right. Well, okay, so I don't think he did it on purpose. I think he's just kind of out of it. He's depressed. He's sad about, mm-hmm. like, the way the world is. I mean, he, made, he mentions that, like, people only want gifts now. They don't really understand what Christmas is all about. This is where we get those traditional Christmas values, right? Yeah. And the Grinch values, right? Mm-hmm. So we got, we do have, we have, we have Beverly D'Angelo from Christmas Vacation. We have screwed, we have, we have Grinch christmas values we have a a reference sort of to the santa claus this movie is going to pull in so many different so many different christmas movies it's ridiculous and i love it i'm here Mm. for it by the end of this we're talking about die hard die hard 2 there's going to be a lethal weapon thing everything is in here Mm -hmm. it's a love letter to non-traditional christmas movies yeah and i love it i love that yeah i love that that's what they decided to do whether or not i enjoyed the movie I loved that they decided to make like this this because you know me I am not I am the guy that's going to argue whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie and I always go one step further and say Die Hard 2 is a Christmas movie too because bam Christmas is they're flying in for Christmas that day yeah so yes I I'm I'm here for this I'm here for this right off the bat so we cut to Connecticut where Jason is waiting to meet his wife or I guess soon to be ex-wife Linda who is going to drive him and their daughter to Jason's parents' house or to his mother's house, right? Cuz yeah. his dad his dad's not alive, right? I don't think so. He's definitely not in the picture either way. Right. So they go to the family mansion. <laughs> so Jason apparently comes from money. We know that they do because Linda shows up driving like a BMW or a Mercedes or something. It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, okay, these people aren't poor. These people, this family is a complete wreck. Yeah. This family kind of reminds me of the family from Arrested Development. Yes, it doesn't (laughs) stop with the Lucille parallel. Yeah. (laughs) They definitely have that feeling. But these guys are a little more vindictive. Yeah. And a little less, not much, but a little less stupid than the Bluths. 
So we get to meet them. We meet Gertrude, who's the mom. She's the CEO of the company. Here's Jason's sister, Alva. Is she? Everybody's everybody's like vying for mom's attention because mom has all the money, right? Mm-hmm. So Alva has a boyfriend named Morgan, who is a an actor, I guess. I got a funny little thing here. Yeah. This Morgan Steele yeah. is based on Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> he stars in several films about military. Yeah. And apparently at some point, Wahlberg had said that he could have stopped the 9-11 hijackers he had yes. he been on yes, the plane. He yes, he did. Now, he, I guess he's retracted it since then. But yeah. they took this character and based it on Mark Holy Wahlberg. <laughs> That reminds me of the menu. What was John Leguizamo's character supposed to be in the menu? Do you remember? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it was something good, though. He was based on another <laughs> actor, like a pompous actor, right? Well, Mark, yeah. Wal- Mark Wahlberg is not a good actor. And Fred, for him to be all, like, macho... You, I know how much you love machismo. So for him to be like, I would have stopped the 9-11 attack as... You know, come on, man. That was a shitty Mark Mark accent, by the way. I can only I can only do Marky Mark if I'm saying Transformer. You ready? <laughs> Guys, I found a transformer. <laughs> you know, that's it. That's all I can do. That's all I can do. Or I'll oh, wait. I can also do what? No, that one from the happening. Ah, uh, you haven't seen the happening. Yet. I haven't, and I don't plan on ever you watching it. Will. No, no. Yes, come to the dark side. We have cookies anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, we meet Morgan, the boyfriend. We meet the young son. Or the teenage son of Alva and her ex-husband, whose name is Bertrude. She named her kid Bertrude to suck up to mom. Correct. <laughs> that poor kid. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. Bertrude isn't even a real name. Bertrude's a <laughs> stupid fucking name. I'm sorry. I I'm love sorry. that. I love that Linda called that out. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. So Jason and Linda decide to let Trudy open a gift early and she gets a pair of walkie-talkies. And they tell her that she can talk to Santa with them, which is kind of cute. Yeah. But it's going to play in later. So when they leave her room, they hear her talking as if she was talking to Santa. So she's kind of, she falls for it. She was into this, right? Mm -hmm. And she tells, quote unquote, Santa over the walkie-talkies that her one Christmas wish is for her parents to get back together. Like most, like, Yes. Sappy Christmas stories, right? Right. Right. Get people back together. Exactly. Now, while this is all going on, Santa is going about his duties for Christmas. He is doing, like... He's, like, not enjoying this. No, he is, like, hate-delivering presents (laughs) is what he's doing, yeah. But it's... People are asking for stuff like money and stuff, so I think he feels like the joy of it's gone, because instead of toys, it's just money. Yep. He also, he eats cookies and milk, but then he raids the liquor cabinets too in these places, which I, I mean, that's like, fucking, that's great. But then he goes to the Lightstone house. So he's there. He goes up to, and when he gets in, he finds a massage chair. So he decides he's going to use that. So he sits uh, down and he's in the massage chair. And meanwhile, while he's doing that, a team of mercenaries who posed as staff members at the mansion starts their plan. We have gingerbread who knocks out the head of security. We have Scrooge, who's the leader. He kills the guy at the front gate before entering the Lightstone house and rounding up the other mercs that were there already. He 
gets them to try, where they're going to take the the the, the they're going to take the family hostage. Mm-hmm. According to Scrooge, Gertrude made and or hoarded three hundred million dollars that was meant to be distributed to the Middle East, and the money is in a vault somewhere in the house. There is our diehard reference. Yeah. Right. They're breaking. They're not. They're not. They're not thieves. They're exceptional thieves. Right. <laughs> so Santa hears the gunfire. That they're that they're shooting off the guns. They're, they're trying to wrangle the family together. Santa hears this, and he is found by one of the goons, whose call sign is Tinsel. And they have a fight. Santa gets up, fights back. The gunfire from Tinsel's gun sends the reindeer off running. So the reindeer have left. Santa's mm-hmm. sleigh is gone. He can't leave. Yeah. He's stuck. Right. So Santa and this Tinsel guy, they fight, they struggle, they fall out of a window, and Tinsel gets impaled on a, what is it, like a crystal Christmas tree or something? Yeah. Yeah. Or some kind of crystal decoration. Yeah. Outdoor, right. Yeah, something. Yeah. And uh, since Santa doesn't have his magic sleigh to get out... He goes to the front gate and he finds the operator's dead there. The gate operator's dead. And then Trudy, he hears Trudy talking on the walkie-talkie. Santa had picked up the other one in attempt when he was trying to call for help. Like mm-hmm. he found the other one that was laying around somewhere and he picks it up and he was trying to call for help. And Trudy starts talking to him. So they, she asks him to help and Santa decides to stick around. So Santa makes it back to the house, and he gets confronted by another merc named Frosty. They have this big fight. He's trying to stab Santa. Santa's able to use his magic bag of toys to defend himself. He uses this. Yep, he pulls out, like, he magically pulls out things. One of them is, like, a diehard DVD, and it gets stabbed, and he ends up grabbing, I don't remember what it was, it a golf club or something like that? Yeah, He gets something, something that he can use as a weapon. And then he grabs the star off the Christmas tree, and he jams it into Frosty's eye, and then plugs it into an outlet, and it electrocutes Frosty and sets his head on fire. That's a little overkill, but you know, it got the job done. Honestly, I mean... yeah, I did. I <laughs> I really love this Santa bag yes. thing. Yes, and he's trying to find something, and right. nobody wants a Molotov cocktail or something. Right. You know, I mean, he's just finding useless items in mm-hmm. here. This big magic bag. Right. Well, I I love <laughs> that they use that. I mean, it's a good it's a good visual gag too. You know, I mean, you're, yeah. you're pulling out a bunch of stuff, and of course, you finally find something that you can use, but it's not perfect. You know, right. Yeah, it's a good it's a good visual gag. I liked it. Also, the star through the eye was disgusting. Yeah. It's gory, but it's nowhere near as gory as like some of the other kills in this movie. No. The head catching on fire, I thought. I was like, "Oh god, what? His head's on fire now?" Do you think his head would really catch on fire? I, I think there's like enough moisture in the I human don't know skin, if right? you would get electrocuted by plugging that in. If there's no exposed wires. Right. So, I mean, if you're looking at would that really happen? I don't know if the any of it would happen. Okay, but... well, let's just say that like when he jammed it in his eye, like some of the wires got exposed. So if we say that we solve the can he be electrocuted thing, but even if he is electrocuted by this thing, would his head catch on fire? Because he's got to still have plenty. I mean, he's not dead for long. Right. He's not even dead yet, right? Like he's still alive. Yeah. There's blood. There's liquid in, like the liquid blood. There's bodies made up of like a bunch of water, right? I don't remember what the percentage is. I, I know there's a big percentage. 
It's not like 70% because that's the earth, right? 70% water is the earth. We're not 70% water, are we? What's the human percentage of water? <laughs> anyway, my God. <laughs> anyway, I just... I grab my science book I'm here. trying to... <laughs> We've got Google. We don't need science books. Come on. <laughs> we... <laughs> I, I'm I'm like, okay, I'm just going to let this go because I don't really fucking care, right? That I don't a cool care. Kill, right? you're not, yeah, you're but not like, supposed to care about but that like, part. In my like brain, I'm thinking to myself, I don't think that would happen, guys. <laughs> yes, I say guys in my head. <laughs> so, okay, so back to... Scrooge checks in with his mercs and, and Santa answers Frosty's walkie-talkie and tell Scrooge that Frosty is dead and that he's going to kill all of them too. <laughs> so Scrooge sends his guys to look for the Santa. So he starts taunting the white, the light stones. He has hit one of his henchmen, Candy Cane, torture Jason by breaking one of his fingers using a nutcracker. And then he's going to, he gets this bigger nutcracker and he's going to put Jason's balls in there. And crush those. Yeah. I mean, it is a nutcracker after all, right? Right. I don't know about you, but guys, we always think, I'm not going to say, I can't speak for all guys, but every guy I've ever talked to always thinks of nutcracker in like a <laughs> nutcracker, right? Cracking nuts, right? Hey, yo, right? That's how guys think of that. Like guys that I know. Okay. Women don't think that way, do they? No. You don't think that way, do you? No. Okay, good. All right. So so that, so that I'm, I'm right thinking like, this is a joke I've made for tons like tons of years i've made a joke about nutcrackers and here it is in a movie i'm like fuck i could have written this <laughs> <laughs> before they can squish his nuts trudy jumps in yells at the bad guys and says santa is going to kick their asses dad tells her there's no such thing as santa tells her that you know no it's your mom and dad we put the presents under your tree and that makes trudy run away and hide which I think is what he was going for, right? Santa is going on vacation. His skill is no longer available. For other ways to reach Santa, ask me to call Santa. Shut up, Alexa. <laughs> no one um, asked you. <laughs> that was creepy as fuck. <laughs> so I think that's where I think that's where he was going anyway, right? Like he was trying to get Trudy to run away. No, I think he was trying to get her to shut up uh. because because he knows that they're going to now use her as leverage. Ah, uh, okay. Because right. she thinks this guy is Santa, and he's like, oh, I told her that she can talk to Santa on this thing, so she thinks mm. she's talking to Santa. I think he's trying to protect her. Mm. Well, while she's in hiding, she talks to Santa again on the walkie-talkie, her little walkie-talkie, and she asks him for proof that he's really Santa to prove that there really is a Santa because Dad just kind of blew her little world wide open, right? Mm-hmm. And Santa manages to convince her because he tells her, like, all these different presents that he gave her. And he mentions, what was the big one? There was a, there was, there was like a big, like a bear or something like that, a stuffed bear or something like that. That was the big thing that made her kind of really get convinced. Mm. One of them makes, like, like yeah, finally convinces remember. her. Yeah, one Yeah. One of the gifts finally convinces her that, that there really is a Santa still and that she is talking to him. So Trudy tells Santa about the bad guys and everything she knows about the bad guys that she can give him. And he looks on his naughty list and he finds all of their names are on there. Which confirms that Trudy is right. They're the bad guys, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, man, don't end up on Santa's naughty list. God damn. You're going to get a hammer to the face, people. Hey, hammer to the face. Yeah. 
meanwhile, Scrooge is still messing with the the family, the rest of the family, and he's going to have the adults give Gertrude their gifts to her. And Morgan, the actor, presents a business proposal that will boost his career. <laughs> yeah. Not this is not a gift for her. This is a gift for him. Yeah. Like this is it made me think of when Homer in the Simpsons Homer gave Marge an anniversary gift and it was a bowling ball with his name on it. <laughs> That's what it makes me think of. So then we get Alva gives her a framed picture of the day that she was born and Gertrude is like, nah, whatever. And then Jason has to give her the gift. It's a whiskey. It's a bottle of whiskey and a note. She reads the note, but she doesn't want to talk about it right then. She won't. She won't talk about it. She says it's going to stay between us. Yeah. Right. Whatever's on that note, she doesn't want anybody else to know about. While this is going on, Santa runs into Candy Cane and he tries to knock her out, like creep up on her and knock her out. But a Santa decoration activates. It must have like a motion sensor in it or something like that. Mm -hmm. Blows his cover. She radios to Scrooge, tell her, you know, tells, tell her, tells him what's going on. And he goes, Scrooge goes with gingerbread to find Santa in the attic. They knock him out. They tie him up. They want to know who he really is. So Santa tells him he's Santa. Mm -hmm. They don't believe him. So then he starts using their real names. Which we didn't know at the mm -hmm. point. At that point, right. we never were introduced to them by their real names, only by their little code names, Scrooge and Candy Cane. And apparently, and all that. none of them knew each other's names either. Right. Santa, and he also, to convince them further, he also tells them the things that they asked for as kids. Mm -hmm. But Scrooge is apparently, like, he really fucking hates Christmas. Like, he hates Christmas. Mm -hmm. So we got another Grinch thing going on here, right? Here's another Grinch thing. Yeah. His family couldn't afford to celebrate it when got because his dad got laid off when he was a kid. He tried to steal presents from a neighbor, neighbor's house. He ended up scaring their grandfather, and he ended up breaking his neck by falling down the stairs. And so he ended up getting sent off to juvie. Trudy is upstairs in the attic, and she creates a diversion by what it, it was styrofoam right was that what it was yeah i think so she, she puts like crumbling st crumbled styrofoam into the air vent and it makes it look like it's snowing mm -hmm. so everybody's like oh wow it's a christmas miracle <laughs> i thought that was hysterical i thought it was great yeah. too yeah so santa has a has a chance so he uses the old touch the nose to fly up the chimney thing and he gets out Mm -hmm. Gets away from these guys. In the confusion where everybody was running off to go get Santa, Morgan had tried to escape. He made it out of the house. And as he is leaving the compound... Now, he, he didn't just leave the house. He jumped head first out of a window. Right. <laughs> you know. Like he, through the glass, didn't he? Right, yes. <laughs> he ends up meeting up with Gertrude's extraction team because apparently... They had had this problem before where people would get kidnapped in the family. So her father had created an extraction team for the family that would go in, this crack team of like mercenaries that would go in and save people that were in danger from people trying to make money off of their, you know, misery or whatever. And when he gets there, when he, or not when he gets there, when he meets these guys, Commander Thorpe is the leader of the group. He orders his men to kill Morgan. Big loss there. But then Thorpe talks to Scrooge. He radios Scrooge and they talk about Santa. And Santa kind of sees 
the names pop up he's on his list. In on he's in on it. Yeah, he's in on it. He's in on it, which is a Die Hard 2 reference. Yes. Now. Yes. His name is Thorpe. Yes. Do you know where that comes Roderick from? Roderick Thorpe. Yes. It's the, the guy who wrote the book that the original Die Hard was based on. Yep. So he wrote Nothing Lasts Forever. Yes. Which that, like you said, that mm-hmm. is what Die Hard was based on. And yep. so, yep, just want to point that out. Correct. But not what Die Hard 2 was based on. Die Hard 2 was based on a different book, not by Roderick Thorpe. Right. Yes. Which, I mean, I appreciate the connection to Die Hard, but I also think that it's cool that they used the big twist from Die Hard 2 in this movie. If you're watching carefully, you can kind of figure that's where they're going to go because they've got all these other references to these non-traditional Christmas movies in there. So I kind of I appreciated that. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Santa is plotting his next move. He talks to Trudy about who he used to be. So this is where we learn his background. We get to find out that he was, centuries before this, he was a Viking warrior named Nicomund the Red. And he used his hammer that he called Skull Crusher to demolish his enemies. He, I mean, and we get to see this scene, too, where he's just, like, beating the piss out of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, he has since, obviously, abandoned his murdering ways. Trudy says, hey, we could use those skills right about now, <laughs> right? Yeah. He's trying to spread Christmas joy, and she's like, fucking murder people for me, Santa. Kill for me, Santa. Yep. She is the Mrs. Voorhees to his Jason Voorhees. True story. <laughs> totally true story. Just as the extraction team is storming the house, Santa finds a sledgehammer in the basement. And he basically, it's like this great moment where he's like, it's like you get this like, oh, angel singing like shot of this hammer leaned up against something. Mm-hmm. And it's like this revelation. Yeah. Oh, maybe I should. Here's my new. This is new Skull Crusher or Skull Crusher Two. I don't know, but right. he, yeah, he fucking goes to town on these guys with with this this sledgehammer. But he also he also sharpens a candy cane by putting it in his mouth and like wheedling it down to like a point, yeah. like everybody in the world has ever done, right? Yeah. Like you, everybody makes a point out of a candy cane, right? Well, he uses it to murder people. <laughs> I'll think about that next time I got a candy cane. I'm like, oh, I know. Then we get Trudy in the attic where she has set up a kind of Home Alone style like trap. Yep. For anybody that's going to come up there. Gingerbread and Candy Cane go after her. Gingerbread steps through a broken ladder rung and his chin gets impaled on one of the nails that's on the ladder. So Candy Cane goes up to try and like try and get to Trudy and she sees through some of these traps right Mm. Trudy starts throwing these bowling balls at her and she manages to dodge them but one of them rolls down and it's just as Gingerbread has managed to take himself off of the nail and he's pulled the nail out and he's staring at the nail it's just at that moment that the bowling ball comes down the ladder to the attic and smashes him in the face impaling his brain with that nail yeah (laughs) That lucky coincidence. That nail thing, oof, <laughs> through the chin. I was like, yeah. oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty gross. That was gross and made my chin hurt at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so they had some nice little Home Alone traps set up here. The writer, when he was coming up with this idea for this part of it, he said he loved Home Alone as a kid. He thought it was just a really fun movie. And he said as he got older, though, he kept thinking, you know, some of these things, these people probably would have died from (laughs) these things. And so he wanted to kind of incorporate that thought process into this like Trudy doesn't know she just thinks it's fun because she's doing home alone but she's actually being pretty brutal here yeah she's (laughs) being just as vicious as Santa honestly (laughs) Candy King goes after Trudy she ends up like stuck to like glue on the ground and when she finally manages to get up she's like pulled a chunk of her hair out oh god yeah. yeah it was terrible but, uh, but Santa shows up and he like smashes her with the hammer and then he saves Trudy. Yep. Meanwhile, uh, Scrooge and Thorpe go under the house to try and find the vault. And uh, when they get there, there's nothing in the vault. So they're pretty pissed. They go up and they confront Gertrude and they hold Linda, Jason's estranged wife, at gunpoint to try and like force them to talk. And this is where we find out that Jason admits that he took the money. He was going to steal the money, reconcile with Linda, and get grab Trudy, and then leave. Yep. <laughs> Linda, of course, is like, we didn't want the money. We yeah. just wanted you, you know? But this is what was in the note. This is what he was, basically, he left that note. Gertrude was not supposed to see this note until the next morning, and he would be gone by then. Right. And, <laughs> but... This is where we get that revelation. Everybody else gets called away, but one guy is left. His name is Krampus. And he is going to kill Linda, Alva, or Bert, one of the three. The three of them argue about who's going to get shot. They end up distracting Krampus enough so that Alva can throw wine into the fireplace to, like... Now, I don't know how this works. Does wine burn? Is wine going to make the fire, like, like whoosh? I don't think it will, right? Like... It's just does it, wine. Does it have enough alcohol in there? I don't think so. To do that? I don't think so. It's not like, you know. Not vodka or anything like that. Would vodka even do that? They've set that stuff on fire before, like when you're cooking and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Okay. There's so, like a term for it. I'm not a fancy enough cook immolation? to know that. Is that, it immolation? I don't think that's the word I'm thinking of, but there is a terminology for nah. cooking what like you set the stuff on fire and like cook it on fire. We'll call it immolation because I think that that makes me think of the Anakin scene in Revenge of the Sith where he catches fire. It's called the immolation scene and I can't help but think that maybe maybe it's related to this. I don't know. So he gets stunned by the wine or whatever it is that's thrown into the thing. Like, he gets, like, distracted by it. And that's when the three strike. They, I don't know if they planned it, per se, but they take advantage of that time. They beat the yep. shit out of him with fireplace-like pieces, like the little shovel that you use mm-hmm. in the fireplace and the poker and whatever the hell else they have. Alva finishes him off and sticks the fire poker in his neck. And they bonded over this. And yeah. I feel like they're closer. It is. It's a bonding moment, right? because it's of family. this. It's a Christmas movie. It brings people <laughs> together. It does. It does. And then, meanwhile, and then as they're finishing up their work there, Trudy and Santa show back up. Scrooge and Thorpe take Gertrude with them, and they're going to try and make an escape. They're going to try and leave. 
more goons show up, but the other Lightstones fight back. And so there's this big fight. Santa goes after Scrooge and Jason and Linda fight off the remaining goons in a nativity scene, which is pretty cool because that's where the money was, right? The reason they're at this nativity scene to begin with is that Scrooge had made Jason show him where the money was and it was buried in the nativity scene in like the hay bales that were used to create the manger or whatever. So we get this big shootout there. Meanwhile, Santa is chasing down Scrooge. He takes a snowmobile. He goes after him. He kills a bunch of the goons that are with him. He knocks Thorpe off of his snowmobile and then he continues on his way to Scrooge. They end up in a big-ass fight. Scrooge uses every weapon he can to try and, like, finish Santa. Now, they are fighting in what looks like an outdoor fireplace area. Like, what it, is this? It looks like an old house that, like, is falling apart. Like, it's missing the walls. Like, you know, you see abandoned houses yeah. out in the countryside. And yeah, yeah. Parts of it are still remaining. But they're I, still on their compound. They have a house that's deteriorating to this point on their compound? Maybe they do. That's weird. They might. That maybe it was like me. an old caretaker's house or something like that that they don't have anymore well, or I something. I, I just took it as like they were eccentric enough to have a fireplace standing around in the outdoors that they would just go and sit outside and like... I mean, it could be, but right across from them was like walls like in a house. Were there? Because that snowmobile thing went into that... Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. So this is just something that's just kind of like crumbling, falling apart. A I piece think of, so. Like an outbuilding that's just falling down. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's where they used to have their chefs or something like that. Oh, and they, oh or no. Or that was the servants' quarters or something. Right. Because they seem like the type that maybe a long time ago would have had servants and stuff like that. You mean that, slaves? No. So. Yeah. 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 They do still have servants. That's that's right, yeah. yeah. So but they're probably paid now, I guess. Right. So your terminology is more accurate. Yeah. So, yeah. So they, you know, they have this big fist fight. Like I said, he, you know, he he is he being Scrooge. Scrooge is still unconvinced that he's that he's fighting Santa Claus, and <laughs> the only reason that he manages to reconcile this idea is he sees the naughty list. Yeah. And he sees his name just kind of appear when he opens the naughty list. Yeah. So that makes him believe that he's really Santa. And he's like, all right, cool. And it's not like this joyous moment of like, oh my God, it's really Santa. I love you, Santa. I'm sorry. It's like, fine. I'm going to finish Christmas once and for all, and we're going to start with you. Yeah. So he's going to go and kill Santa. But because Scrooge believes Santa has enough magic left. Mm-hmm to do his little chimney thing by touching the side of his nose. And he grabs Scrooge and touches his nose and <laughs> they go up the chimney, but Scrooge doesn't have the magic. So basically he just got, it's like, it's like trying to push a hot dog through a needle, like an eye of a needle basically is what we're looking at here. Just kind of, he just kind of explodes everywhere in a yeah, geyser of blood was... and viscera. It was pretty gross. That's the gross one to me. <laughs> Santa is like standing on top and he's celebrating because he's like, fuck yeah, I just I just took care of this business, right? Mm -hmm. But we forgot about Thorpe. Mm -hmm. Thorpe is still alive. Thorpe shoots Santa and he's going to execute him. But Gertrude decides she's had enough of this business now. She grabs a gun and she shoots Thorpe. I completely forgot Gertrude was even here. I know. Because when she shot him, I'm like, wait, where the hell did she come from? Right, <laughs> right. Well, she was there with 
with yeah. Scrooge, right? Right. We never see her during this fight. No. Like, there's no shot of her in this fight at no, all. Which I, is fine, but like... Right. And I think it's effective for the shot, the kill shot there, yeah. right? Because we do, we forget about her. She's out of yeah. sight, out of mind. Yep. And when she pulls that trigger, it's like, oh. And honestly, if you were Gertrude in this situation, you'd probably go run and hide behind a tree anyways. So. Yeah, right? Yeah, probably. So the other Lightstones show up and they are going to try and help Santa. So Jason, like Santa's like, I'm cold. And so Jason's like, oh, we're going to burn the money. He takes all the money, starts putting it in like these little mm-hmm. pits and starts lighting it on fire. And everybody's like, no, don't burn the money. But he does it anyway. It, Santa ends up, he ends up dying. But Trudy says she still believes in him. She's always going to believe in him. And then Linda says that she believes in him because Santa saved her family. And then Jason says, I believe in him. And then Bert and Gertrude and all that. And everybody says, all right, fine, we believe in Santa. And that's enough magic for Santa to come back from the dead? Is he zombie Santa now? Why not? <laughs> sure, why not? So th- Santa says, thank you. Yeah, they, they say thank you back to him. And then he sees that his reindeer have returned with the sleigh. But they didn't just take off. They heard the danger and they took off and they got Skullcrusher. And who was there to give the Skullcrusher to them? Mrs. Claus. Yeah. She leaves a little note that says, I thought you could use this. They're a little late, but you know, it's still it's the thought that counts, right? It's never mm-hmm. about the gift. It's about the thought. Yeah. Right? Well, they did have to travel a long way. They did. They did. But they are magical and they can travel really, really fast, right? Remember that these. this is Santa. He doesn't take like four days to give, deliver gifts. He delivers gifts in one night. That's a 12-hour period. Yeah. So these guys can move fast. I don't know what took them so long. Maybe they stopped off for a little, you know, venison burger or something. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. Cannibal reindeer. Cannibal reindeer. If we got zombie Santa, we could have cannibal reindeer as well. Don't tell me we couldn't. So Santa says bye. He says, Merry Christmas to all and for all, to all good night. And uh, flies off into the night to continue with his Christmas duties. And that's it. That's the end of the movie. The end. The end. And may Christmas be in everyone's heart. <laughs> I hope that, you know... <laughs> I, I really think that something I didn't mention when we were talking about this is that they play Christmas songs when he's fighting people. They're non-traditional <laughs> Christmas songs, but they play Christmas songs okay. when he's fighting people. I didn't notice listen. that. Oh, God, go back and listen to it. It's okay, hysterical. I'm going to have to. Yeah. It's hysterical. Like, it just, it like it's this juxtaposition of like, ho, 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 right? And, and the best part is that David Harbour still does the ho-ho-ho things <laughs> while he's doing all this. Like, he's ho-ho-hoing while he's murdering people. He's, like, it's this juxtaposition of, like, the 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 simple, like, pleasure of Christmas and, like, death and murder and chaos and mayhem and skulls being crushed and crushed and all that stuff. But <laughs> that's what I really appreciated about that. Now, did you notice that John Locazamo's Scrooge character said Christmas dies tonight? Yes, because I looked at you and said, oh, evil, right. dies evil dies tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I burst out laughing at first, and then, <laughs> then I was like, evil dies tonight. Make some fries tonight. <laughs> have some pies tonight. All right, so do you have any other notes? I do not. I think you covered most of them. There's like just lots of references to other Christmas movies yes. out there, yes. so... Yeah. Die Hard's a big one throughout this whole. Yes, Die Hard, Die so. Hard Two, Home Alone. 
Hmm. We get references to, I think, the Lethal Weapon stuff where they're fighting on the lawn. With lots of lots of great references to non-traditional Christmas movies. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Okay. And so, I like that they kept Santa still as Santa. Like, yeah. he still has his reindeer with the same names. Right. He still has the touch the side of his nose. Mm-hmm. He's still got the red suit. He's still Santa. Oh, yeah. You know, so I liked that even though this is kind of a newer type Christmas movie, he's still Santa. Well, I think what I love about that is that it's it you still have those those elements that you recognize. It's it kind of makes me think of South Park. Like this kids on South Park, they're just they say vile things. They're getting into all kinds of vile shit, but every once in a while they still do like a kid thing, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh my god, that's right, they're kids. Yeah, you know, right. So like you're watching Santa like beat the fuck out of people, but then you're like, oh wait, yeah, this is Santa. This is Santa. He touches his nose and he goes ho ho ho, and you're like, oh yeah, it's Santa. That's right. Good good job, Santa. Way to go, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> way, to, way to murder all those people. Good job, Claus. So. So, okay, so if you have no other notes, you got no other, like, alternate casting, anything like that? Nope, was there nothing. anybody else considered for the role of Santa? Or was no this idea. David Harbour's deal to, to lose? I don't know. Okay. How'd you feel about Harbour as Santa? I thought he did pretty good. Yeah? I I thought the makeup was good. Yeah, definitely. I totally buy it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I feel a, the same A disgruntled way. Santa? Yeah. Absolutely. I love it. It made me think, it also made me think a little bit of... Trading places, and I wonder if there was a little bit of a tinge in trading place of trading places in there because there's that bit where Dan Aykroyd is dressed as a Santa and he's a drunken Santa wandering around being disgruntled mm. because he got fired. Sure. So it made me think of that a little bit as well. Like okay. All kinds of non-traditional Christmas movies peppered into this. So yeah, yeah. All right. Well, if you don't have any notes, let's do our thing. Keep rent or erase, Jennifer, and tell me why. I think I'm going to keep this one. This is going to end up in my regular Christmas movie rotation every year. I enjoy it. It's something a little different than the normal Christmassy, Christmassy yeah. show. Yeah. I like Christmas movies, but sometimes mm-hmm. they, get, they get a little hokey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this does, not that this doesn't have like some hokey stuff in it, but sure. I enjoy it. It was, it's fun. It's different. I love disgruntled Santa. It's it's great. I I I enjoyed it a lot, uh, a lot more than I thought I was going to. I went in with some low expectations because I was like, eh, I don't know about this, but I was pleasantly surprised. I've seen this three times now, I think, hmm. and I've enjoyed it every time. I find something to <laughs> to laugh about or be like, okay, that's pretty good. So right. I sure. enjoyed it. What about you? This is definitely a key for me. I, when we first sat down to watch this, I said, I thought, I, I wrote a note. I said, I, I know I've seen this, but I don't remember a damn thing about it. I don't remember anything about this movie. And you know me, I remember movies, mm-hmm. you know, but like this one had, like, it existed in like this blank space in my head. But watching it again this time, it was remi- I was reminded of what I was, you know, what I had seen before, and I loved it. I thought it was great. I love the callbacks to non-traditional Christmas movies. I know I've said that a lot, but that's really what it. This is really where it hits for me is all of these little like callbacks, and then having this disgruntled Santa who's just had enough, and he's gonna he, he believes in Christmas enough that he's going to save this family that's just this terrible vile family, mm-hmm. with the exception of Trudy and maybe. Jason the reason wife. why he's saving them is because, because of Trudy. Of Trudy. <laughs> yep. But he still manages to save everybody that he can save, except for the Marky Mark analog. I love Beverly D'Angelo. She is fantastic. She's got great comedy timing. And like I said, just Christmas movie royalty. She's she's 
Ellen Griswold in in Christmas Vacation. So, and if you're going to reference my favorite non-traditional Die Hard, or, or, and if you're going to reference my favorite non-traditional Christmas movie, Die Hard, you're definitely going to win me over. I feel like this would pair really well with Krampus. Sure. I I feel like this is one of those movies that yeah, I'm going to watch this every year. I'm going to put this. I want to put this on when we're putting a Christmas tree up. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Because that's that's fucking crazy. I love that. I love that idea. So yeah, definitely a keep for me. Excellent. Yeah. All right. So we're we're gonna sign off. We got we gotta go stuff some stockings, if you know what I mean. And uh, yeah, so why don't you tell us what are, what are we doing next, Jen? What's next on the agenda? All right. Next up is our finale in the Be Kind Rewind series, Ooh. The Fablemans. Now I have held out. I have not watched this movie. I am shocked that you haven't watched this yet. I've held out because I want to experience it firsthand for this podcast. Yeah. So I'm at this. This is it's important to me, I think, to experience it critically first. So. All right. Yeah. So that's that then. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Happy um, Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Whatever you and, celebrate. Yeah. I hope you have Festivus a wonderful time of year. Yes. Enjoy time with your family or mm-hmm. whatever else it is you like to do this time of year. Hell, even if you don't celebrate anything, but you got time off, enjoy the time off. Yes. Treat yep. yourself. Just remember, if you're an idiot, just don't be an idiot out loud, okay? You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so next week, right here on the couch, The Fablemans and the end of our Be Kind Rewind. Thanks for listening, everyone. You've been listening to A View from the Couch, a Space Moose Media podcast. You can interact with our hosts on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash view underscore couch. You can also email us at aviewfromthecouch at yahoo.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please help us get noticed by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks for listening.